Hello, everyone, and welcome to week one, 2019. Uh, I guess it's almost, it's kind of week two right now, because Thursday Night Football. It's like the weird week one, week two. It's like week one recap, but week two is kind of starting right now. Yeah, it's like, the last week was all, like, the college football was Thursday Night Football, Friday Night Football, Saturday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and then my beloved Notre Dame, Monday Night Football, where the most eventful thing that happened is Ian Book breaking a cheerleader's nose (laughs) with an errant throw. Anyways, I am your commissioner and host, Dan Keough. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Will Taylor. hey and we are here to break down what happened in week one um, and provide some betting advice for week two. So week one, I'm going to be honest, Will, I didn't watch a ton of uh, college football. I was at uh, a wedding in Brooklyn, which was amazing, and I uh, am still feeling the effects of that about four days later. Yeah, um, you, look, you look tired and, and, <laughs> and ugly. Oh, that's just normal. Oh, okay, that, that's regular gotcha. me. Gotcha, sorry. Um, it's, it's the searing pain in my, my head <laughs> that won't go away. <laughs> that's, that's throwing you off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I didn't watch a ton of college football. I watched the Notre Dame game, obviously. Uh, but there were some exciting things that happened in the first week, which was uh, college only. And for the true degenerates out there, uh, the NFL preseason. Yeah, or, I didn't realize you could bet on preseason games, which is a lovely little quirk this year. I don't know. Could you, have we been able to well, do you know, I looked at it, and last year, we I always thought we started on the first week of NFL, and I think we did that for the first two years. But yeah. last year, for whatever reason, it started on the first week of college, and you could bet on preseason. So that's I, I've grandfathered that into Perfect. Um, how we're doing it this year. Sweet. So some recaps uh, uh, from the first week here of the basically the college and, and NFL preseason uh, week of betting. So won the week. So Wade Hyatt in the uh, in the now 44-person league, yeah. that is the House of the Rising Sun, last year was 43. We had a, a little bit of turnover. Just, just growing, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, so, but Wade Hyatt won the week with, um, he ended the week with, I think, 1,144 points. Uh, yes, which netted him against he risked uh, 194. Correct. So so Wade Hyatt won, but uh, so congrats to him. That's a monster week. Um, but to me, the most interesting part of that was going into the Notre Dame game on Monday Night Football um, or Monday Night College Football. I don't Monday know. Monday Night College Football. Well, it's like when you know when the NFL calls it like Monday Night Football on Tuesday yeah, night or whatever. Yeah, I like think we're watching Sunday Night Football on Thursday night right now. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, because I don't think NBC has the rights. For yeah, the Packers, I'm definitely sure that the co- college football does not have the rights to Monday Night Football. <laughs> um, either way, the the Notre Dame game was the last game of the week. Wade Hyatt was in a dead heat with Charles Davis for. The uh, to win the week for the now fifty dollars a week yeah, uh, bonus prize. We're 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 in the money now. I mean, this is this is a whole new a whole new ball game. We just needed that one extra person. Whoever won weeks last year and they only won five bucks. Sorry yeah. that you didn't have that forty fourth person to really put you over the edge. Right. Change this up. Well, and my favorite part of this is that like. What happened as a result of this new rule is exactly my intention, where Charles Davis is like 10 points off the lead, bets 400 on Notre Dame to cover, <laughs> 400 of his like 1,000 or so points it's beautiful. Um, to try to cover, and obviously Notre Dame did not cover because we are not that good. Sure did. Um, and Wade Hyatt also bet on Notre Dame to cover, just bet like 20 instead of 400. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so unfortunately, Charles Davis uh, Jr., Charles W. Davis Jr. is uh, is out 400. He gets second place. I award him no bonus points, and may God have mercy on his soul. Um, so, yeah, so Wade Hyatt wins the week. Uh, he and Charles Davis had great weeks, but uh, Wade Hyatt squeaks out ahead because of savvy betting going into the Monday night game. Uh, Will, you have some best bets and honorable mentions to talk about. The best bet was uh, was uh, 
It was, it was Charles, yeah, Charles Davis. Davis. Yeah, sorry about that. We're looking at it right now just to make sure we're getting these correct. The Wi-Fi in the, uh, in the Volkswagen studios is not quite what it was last year. Um, had a couple of, uh, you know, Georgia minus 22 at Vanderbilt. It was a 16 parlay. Uh, he risked 100 to win 1,039 because he needed that extra 39 bucks. Um, but, you know, had some, like, Georgia at Vanderbilt, that was a big spread. Oregon minus four, small spread. But, or, sorry, Auburn at Oregon minus four. And Auburn spread. barely covering that spread. I was about spread. to say, they, they, they came close. Eking so that, was, that out. You, you, I guess Vegas is pretty good at picking uh, who's going to, you know. They're good when they're good, but yeah. they're, like, no one says they're bad when they're That's bad. That's a good point. Nobody's really following up and be like, man, they yeah. were wrong. Teams by three and they win by 40. No one's like, Vegas is terrible. Right. Uh, yeah. The thing that was cracking me up this week, and this is included in this parlay, is that uh, people were betting such huge favorites that you had, we'll, we'll get to this during the nickel and dime yeah. stuff, but uh, you had people who were betting it's like I'm going to bet a 16 parlay, and it's going to be all money line favorites, but they're going to be so ridiculously favored that I'm not going to win any money. So right. Texas minus a thousand at Louisiana Tech, and Oklahoma minus eleven fifty versus Houston. Uh, but, those were all factored into that parlay, so correct. it wasn't a true 16 or because you had some huge favorites. Correct. So you had a uh, hundred bet on essentially a 14 parlay, and you add Texas minus a thousand, Oklahoma minus eleven hundred fifty. Yeah. Like. I don't know how much did that add to the win total, like seven dollars yeah, yeah, exactly. on maybe. a base of a thousand. Maybe just just. I don't maybe. know why you would take that risk, yeah, but that's tough. But, but you anyways, know, I, hey, it, there's nothing I enjoy more than um, people taking taking unnecessary risk in this league. That's the whole point, I think. Yeah, but uh, it, it is funny to think about that you really had a chance to um, completely lose that because of a random favorite. <laughs> right. Then the, Texas the risk, of all teams. It's risk-reward stuff, but, you yes. know, we're, we're figuring it out. Yeah. Um, second place uh, for best bet was actually uh, Wade Hyatt, who ended up winning the week. Uh, won risk 15 and won 945. Now, that's a whole different ballgame. It's pretty right good there. ROI. Yeah. That's like some Bernie Madoff stuff. That is all... Uh, that is all... There were no money lines in there. It was yeah. all, you know, so Washington straight State minus, yeah, Washington State minus 32, Alabama minus 32 and a half, Texas minus 20 and a half. I mean, there were some huge lines in there. Yeah. Now, granted, it's first week of the season, so, you know, it's the kind of thing where you're going to see some of that stuff. But, but he man. essentially w- wagered $15 on six different 50-50 spreads exactly. to all happen, exactly. and he got six right. So he got the multiplier aspect that, yep. that you get out of that. So, and he wrote it out. And wrote it you out. know what the smartest thing he did was? Not bet that much on Notre Dame. Exactly. <laughs> and he won the, the old, week. The old 24-24. Well, he bet, no, I guess he also bet 50 because uh, he got it at 18 and pushed. So yeah, there you go. And then he oh, got, oh, he, he so he did push. At 19 and bet 24 and lost. So, all right, either Very way, interesting. The, the, the important thing is he wasn't uh Charles Davis, who is in the next column as the most lost yeah. during the week on one single bet. Charles okay. put 400 on Notre Dame minus 19 and a half, and they won by exactly 18, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lost that and lost the week as a result. Um, and lost and you know decimated his total uh, bank for the year for the year so far. But there's plenty of time. Trust me. If you can do 945 or a thousand in one week, you got yeah. plenty of space to play. At this rate, uh, you're beating me and the rest of the league. Exactly. He's, he's in second place. Yeah, exactly. Most of us are negative. So <laughs> <laughs> correct. All right, you have a closest call. Well, closest call. We had a couple of really good uh, things that hit close. Zach Johnson missed a 10 game teaser. <laughs> because of he had Virginia Tech minus one, they obviously did not win at all. But we think so. It's kind of hard to calculate teasers. We're going to work on the math next yeah. week. Um, but my best guess is he bet forty dollars to win about one thousand and forty dollars, which would have probably taken him over the hump for the week. Um, 
So sorry, Zach, and thanks, Virginia Tech. You guys stink. Uh, so there you go. No one's happier about that than the Keogh household. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was. I actually mostly put that in there so Megan would listen yeah. to the podcast and get a smile on her face. So. I, she does listen to most podcasts, yeah, and yeah, I don't think that happen. this is the. This would be the first exception. Probably not. Yeah, it's no. not going to happen. No, she might listen to it if she didn't find out that you and I are the ones that are hosting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, sounds like a clever that? podcast. Yeah, oh, exactly. wait, so you will. Exactly. Um, all right, so uh, before we move on, uh, we have some sponsors this year, Will, which is surprising given that our previous sponsors include the uh, KKK right. and um, uh, what was the other one? Pimply Safe was Teenage... Uh, Pimply Safe yeah. mm-hmm. and um, Zippy Recruiter, mm-hmm. like the Zipline zip recruiting, uh, recruiting service. Those uh, are all uh, out of business, unfortunately. So. Right, so we're moving on. Um, but I, I'll ask you this, Will. Have you ever booked a hotel in advance only to sleep very poorly and pay way too much for parking. Absolutely. And I'll, ask, I'll also ask you this. Are you a masochist who likes looking retrospectively for the hotel you should have spent your money on? Uh, absolutely, of course. Right? Who, who isn't? Who isn't? Try downloading the Hotel Yesterday app. Hotel Yesterday will show you every hotel better than the one you just stayed in. <laughs> While you wake up groggy with a stiff neck and crappy coffee pods, you can sort by geography, amenities, and the price you would have to pay for, to enjoy a comfortable night's sleep and a serviceable continental breakfast. If you feel stupid for booking the wrong hotel, feel stupider with Hotel Yesterday. And if you want to spend $4.99 on Hotel Yesterday Pro, you can get a full sleep apnea background check on the guy who just slept next to you in the Jason hotel room, as well as a schematic blueprint of your hotel to show you how close you were to the noisy ice machine and elevator shafts relative to all the other rooms you could have gotten. <laughs> Download Hotel Yesterday today. Oh, done and done. Can't wait. I'm breaking out my cell phone right now, so I'm going to be very distracted for the rest of the podcast. I, I might book a hotel yesterday now. <laughs> right, might, might as well. <laughs> That's a great one. All right, so what else we got for this week? We're getting serious now. We got to go back to the Nick and Lynn Dime Award, which I think has become my favorite thing. For, and for the uninitiated. Yeah. yeah, so the uninitiated is uh, you made a ton of bets and didn't necessarily get the return that you were probably thinking. You were really grinding it out, nickel and diming your way yes. to a, either a good week or a bad week. And I think for the most part, like, there, there's a way in which you can make a lot of bets and only eke out, you know, 30 bucks or down 30 bucks or whatever. But most of the time, this award goes to whoever was betting the, like, the most uh, quantity of bets for the smallest amount of total return. Right. Um, which <laughs> is, in, in my mind, is a way to not win this league, which I'm thrilled that other people are doing this. But I think we should uh, we should go through some of the examples here. Or the one week where Carter made 19 bets and won like $9. That was <laughs> yeah, one. I think that was that the, was, that the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. that might be. We're going to retire his number, 19 <laughs> bets. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Carter, and by that I mean he's just not here tonight. He was supposed to be here and then... Had oh, work to do, but he doesn't bring his work home. I that's true. So Carter Shamburger, the Shamburglar, mm-hmm. uh, is our producer and was very excited to be a part of this podcast. And the first time we do it, he's like, oh, I got work to do. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I don't know. Uh, he's recently married with no kids. Uh, and, and you're looking at married veterans with kids. Right. And we found a way to do it. We also live two doors down from each other. That's, that's true. Of, and we're, we're ta- right now we're talking in my car on the street. We're talking in a very, very plush Volkswagen studio. <laughs> that's what we're talking in. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sure. Nickel and Dime Award, my boy Jeremy Lamaster, JTL, uh, made 16 bets. And actually, this is this is only a Nickel and Dime because this was the most bets made during the week. Correct. But you, I mean, this is not necessarily grinding because you made a lot of money. You made 235 75 You didn't make as much as the guys who bet 
one parlay and won thousands of dollars, but um, 16 bets to win 235.75. That's not a bad nickel and dime. It's grinding it out. It's gr- it's grinding yeah. it out. That's yeah. and that's probably the definition of the word. Dan, do you know anybody who may have had a bad nickel and dime experience? I do. So so Jason the Master made 16 bets to win 235. Uh, I also know Tim Haygood. Haygood. I don't. I don't know Tim personally. Uh, I think he's a good guy based on the fact that he gave me money. Um, <laughs> but Tim Haygood, uh, he bet fifteen bets to win zero. That's tough. That's tough. That's I mean, tough. to like, you know, I'll. Sp- I will never win the nickel and dime award because I'm a. I'm a big gambler when it comes to pretend money. Feast or famine. Yeah. So I bet one bet and missed, and I'm out for the week. Yeah. Uh, but but Tim, <laughs> our friend Tim H. Uh, had 15 bets that eventually netted him zero. And as a second honorable mention, is another good one. Holden Fox had a 16 parlay, a 16 parlay that he hit. <laughs> he had 70 dollars, 70 fake imaginary pretend dollars on a on a 16 parlay. So that's the same. That's the same. We had a 16 parlay that was fifteen dollars that hit nine hundred and forty five and we had a sixteen parlay that was a hundred dollars and hit a thousand. So we had another sixteen another parlay. sixteen parlay that he seventy put dollars that's a lot of seventy dollars of his money. Seventy percent of his money for the week and it won twenty five dollars. That's grinding it out. So how, that, how high do those favorites have to be? Oh it was my like, God. It was like Alabama. And then so it was like, like Alabama, the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> money line. <laughs> right. <laughs> Eighty five bears. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oof. Right. Don't say that while the Packers Bears games go. Well. Literally, as <laughs> we sorry. speak. I'm sorry. Go Pack. Go. I did my best. All right. So, but the, for the Nickel and Diamond Warms uh, Awards, uh, JT Lamaster is, is actually a pretty good one. He comes away with some dough, whereas Tim Haygood and Holden Fox, uh, a lot of uh, ado about nothing. Yes, unfortunate. Um, uh, so yeah, we introduced a new category just because I thought this was so funny. We'll and this will be a one and done category. Yeah, probably. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if unless we got a lot of people changing their names. But uh, speaking of that dump that is Chicago, Brandon Howell, mattress <laughs> king of Chicago this year, cracks me up because he's the Temper Sealy rep for the Sears Corporation, who is not doing so well uh, right now. Uh, but they are based out of Chicago. But I don't know. he's been up there a bunch. I think he did specify to us that it, they have like a fifty-four percent market share. Yes. So technically. He has a majority of the mattress He's business. The mattress king of Chicago. So Abe yeah, Froman, Brandon Howell. The By technicality, he has this title that means nothing. Yeah, he uh, he also bet a hundred and won a hundred. So that's always a good that's a good week. He yeah. made one bet and won it and got what he needed. To get, I can so. I can safely say I've never done that in my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't want more juice, a little more action, a little something else. Yeah, you would have probably put it all on Notre Dame. Uh, oh no! You yeah, know I don't do that. Yeah, it's true. You don't. Uh, people say like, "Oh, you're superstitious." I'm like, "No, I just know they're bad." Yeah. Um, are we all missing, right. Are we missing any fun awards? Oh well, the next one. Uh, this is the honorary John Michael Quigley oh. award. <laughs> where John Michael Quigley is a guy I went to college with who uh, I think signed up for this league in year one. I think Maybe. we're in year four right now, right? Yeah, yeah I believe. Yeah, crazy. He signed up in, in <laughs> year three of the podcast. Yeah, year four of the yeah, league. Year the league. <laughs> um, and he, uh, and he, I think it was someone active year one, and then year two, he gave me his money and then never bet for the rest of the league and just forgot about it, which we were eternally grateful for. Absolutely. So we give the John... A, he had the longest undefeated streak in the league. He That's never, true. He never lost a bet. He, he never lost right. a bet, and he finished in, like, the top 20%. <laughs> he actually really did. <laughs> which is not enough to win anything. No. Um, because we got a swing to hit. But they, we give the John Michael Quigley Award to anybody in the week who forgot to bet or just chose that this wasn't their week. That's right. Uh, and this week we had three winners. We had uh, Andrew White. Um, John Tester. John Tester and Carter the Shamburglar 
Schamberger. Who was obviously he was too busy. He was working. He was very busy. busy He's like you know, uh, newly married, probably putting together some IKEA furniture. Right, right, right. And uh, you know, returning stuff from his registry because he I, just got married. I think it was probably Jessica didn't make his bet for him. That's that's the problem. Maybe Jessica was his because he had a couple of good weeks last year. Maybe Jessica was a good. That's true. She's, she's, Maybe it should be the Jess Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jess Burglar, excuse there me. There you go, Jess Burger, of course. Yes. Right. So, yeah, so th- so those three didn't make any bets, uh, and we're eternally grateful for that. Zero, zero, zero. It's like the hockey slash, right? Zero, yeah. zero. <laughs> right. All right, so that leads us to uh, the lead paint lock of this week, which I'm very excited about. Oh, boy. Um, so this is a little bit of gambling advice. Normally, I don't want to give away all my tips and tricks to, to the fellow bettors. Right. Um, but I'm very passionate about um, the Rams versus the Panthers. Rams at the Panthers, I believe. Um, this week, the Rams are favored by one and a half at the Panthers. And this to me is just begging for you to take the Rams, mm-hmm. the Rams who are the runner up in the Super Bowl. It was, a, it was a messy Super Bowl. They've got all that offensive firepower. They've got Sean McVay and his hot wife. They've have, <laughs> um, they have like three, three great wide receivers. They have Gurley who everybody's like, Oh, he's kind of washed up. Like everyone's worried about Gurley's, um, arthritis in his knee, which, from a long-term perspective, if I was him, like this is this sucks. I'm 23 sure. and I have arthritis or whatever, <laughs> right, however yes. old he is. Um, but I do think he can still run the ball, right? And they've got a couple good backups for him. Um, so I think the Rams are good. I also think the Panthers. I'm very nervous about them. Christian McCaffrey's great, but Cam Newton, like he's had some great years, and I would have been all on his bandwagon. But he had health problems at the end of last year, right. and he had some major shoulder issues in the preseason. So. And they, their wide receiving core, everybody's talking all this, all this uh, hype about Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore and these other guys who sound great on paper, but, like, man, I really need to see it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not super high on the Panthers, and I think the Rams are going to be the class of the NFC. Um, so at this point, the lead paint lock is that the Mets are going to totally piss away their lead, <laughs> how close they are in the wild card, and they sold their souls for this midseason rush, and everything that's going to happen from this point is just total, like, like the, the sports gods punishing them for thinking that they could chase the playoffs. Viva Pete Alonso, though. Pete Alonso, my kids love Pete Alonso. They ask me, is Pete Alonso the best player in, in baseball history? And I say yes. As long as there are no follow-up questions, yes. <laughs> Correct. Are the Mets going to do it? Because they, know, they don't even know about the World Series. They're like, I'm just like, hey, guess who hit another, Pete, another home run? Pete Alonso. They're like, that's great. I say, yeah. I said, just... This is good. Yeah, let's finish your cereal. This is the last season baseball is ever going to be played. And <laughs> Correct. And we're I ordered them Pete Alonzo yeah. t-shirt jerseys <laughs> that should arrive tomorrow. Oh, perfect. I'm very excited about this because uh, I don't expect them to be traded anytime soon since they couldn't trade anybody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So we kind of spun off the rails with the Mets. Oh, was it supposed uh, to be a yeah, yeah, football? Yeah. My left paint lock of the week is that the Mets are not going to play yeah, the playoffs. Fair enough. Um, you know, uh, speaking of uh, Panthers Rams, if uh, Cam Newton uh, could play like the old Bud Bowl, you remember the Bud Bowl that yeah, they yeah, had yeah. on the Super Bowl, where the ball was just kind of floating in front of the person Correct. and they didn't have to use any shoulders. It required Sam, no ligaments. Because <laughs> Cam Newton may not have any shoulders right now. True. Yeah. Uh, so if he could kind of run the ball like that, they could be a really good team this year. I think, that, yeah, if we they get should Bud, look into that technology. If we get Bud Bowl Cam Newton in week yeah. one. Then, I, then then I rescind my lead paint lock of the week be, that the Mets will lose. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So come on, Cam Newton. The Mets are yeah. counting on you. Correct. <laughs> fair enough. All, All right. right. So we have one last segment for the podcast. Today, yeah, Bob. we figured why not just end the podcast by blatantly stealing 
from other, from, other like from other podcasts. Yeah. So for for today, I don't know if you guys uh, know the Rewatchables podcast uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network, very famous, very popular podcast. Rival to the Pine Run Podcast Network. That's yes. Unfortunately, they are a bitter rivals. Um, Which but, is why we're stealing from them. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. what you do, right? Yeah, right. Great, all the great artists steal. So uh, they do this lovely Rewatchables podcast that has all these categories. We're just going to steal one of their categories. So we decided to steal a most rewatchable scene. Which mm-hmm. is essentially, you uh, start this movie and the scene comes on and and you're gonna say I'm gonna stay here for the next twenty minutes to a half an hour, maybe to the end of the movie, um, and we're just picking the movie Forrest Gump and saying forget it, let's go for it. Why not? Forrest Gump has like seventy rewatchable scenes. Exactly. So here are the here are the big time nominees. Yep. Uh, the Run. Yep. Obviously. This is in no particular order. The The Run meaning like. The original run out of the braces, or the run in, when he's at Alabama and runs through like the whole thing. Uh, I was going to say the run across the country. Oh, the run across the country. Yeah, that's yeah, a third like run. That's kind of a rewatchable, you know. Yeah, 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 true. You know, and like shit happens and all that one. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessary. Sorry, Billy. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily uh, uh, one scene, but we're just going to call it that. That's true. All right, we call it the run. Um, uh, basic training. Just yep. for everything with him and the bills, the drill sergeant before he meets Lieutenant Dan. And I will kind of roll into that, like his description of rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 19 descriptions of yeah, rain. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Because every time it rains, I'm like, is this big, heavy, fat rain, or is yeah. this sideways rain? Right, right, stinging rain. <laughs> oh, man, I promised myself I was going to do a Forrest Gump impression. Uh, so I didn't, I did a Mike Peeler impression. <laughs> Pio! Baby hands, join the league next year. Um, yep. We also have the Alabama scene, and then we yep. have a combination of any time he meets the president. So yeah, right. Any president. Think, exactly. Any any single president that he meets. What do you think is the most rewatchable scene? So I'm going to go with none of those. Okay. And the the scene, my favorite scene in the whole movie, and this is like, like not really joking, but like my favorite scene in the whole movie that I can't like turn away from if it's on TV is the scene where Jenny is like coked out of her mind and like standing on the edge of the railing, ready to commit suicide and Freebird is playing and it's just getting to the good part. And like, and she's, and she obviously it's the foreshadowing is she said like, you know, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. And she's like ready to do it. And for some reason she like has her like weird high heels on and then like steps down and like doesn't do the the deed. And it's just like such an intense moment where like, I feel like there's like, it's hard for me to conjure another moment in a movie where the music is so perfectly tied into what is happening. That's a great point. And, uh, and it's probably the most I've ever liked Leonard Scared. There you go. Robin Wright does a great job in that scene where she's she, amazing. She comes down and like has that like crazy realization of like, oh my god, oh, this almost just happened. Totally. Like, like you see a I wash do? over her face. Yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable acting. And and Forrest is like, life's like a box of chocolates. That's right. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit. We're two for two right. on uh, Forrest Gump impressions. Right. So that's good. <laughs> I'm also gonna go off book for my most rewatchable scene. Good. And I think I am just going to go with when he fights uh, the guy at the Black Panther party. and <laughs> Which ties into my lead paint lock of the week for the, uh, the Panthers to lose. That's true. That's true. Um, and then he just says my favorite line of the movie, which is, I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. It's it's so funny. Yeah. And so good. It's the best. Actually, anytime Forrest fights anybody, I'm in. Because he just, <laughs> he's just the guy, the boyfriend at the college where he opens the door and just starts hammer, hammering on the guy. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's always a classic. Actually, the real, truly the most rewatchable scene in that movie is probably... Him playing ping pong? Him playing ping pong is good. I was going to say when Lieutenant Dan first shows up to get on the boat and then they go through and have all the problems, you know, yeah. catching anything and then they have the storm or whatever. But when he jumps off the boat 
Yeah. Go meet Lieutenant They're waving at him and the and boat just start, like keeps going. Yeah, they, they start talking, the boat just runs into the pier behind him. That's my boat. I mean, that kills me every single time. It's so. great. And I remember watching this movie when I was nine and seeing the part where you have Lieutenant Dan with no legs who is clearly scarred for life that he thinks he should have died in Vietnam. Right. And he's in the crow's nest of the boat, like beckoning God to yeah. try to kill him. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. being nine years old and being like, I don't know what is happening right now. <laughs> this is very disturbing. I remember being today years old and being like, I still don't quite know what's happening. I, I, like, I kind of get it, but you know. I don't quite know what was happening. As there. someone with like one and three quarters functional legs, you know, I'm not quite yeah. there yet. I don't know. That's not a funny joke, is it? Because my legs are fine. So you probably shouldn't just be joking about <laughs> The, the most important thing is that uh, God chose to spare him for future roles. That's true. Thank you, God, for giving us Gary Sinise. And making him a bird so he can fly far, far away from here. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of flew into the crow's nest and stayed there cursing. I guess. Yeah, I'm very curious how he got up there. Did they show them? That's movie? true. Uh, yeah, no, I think he climbs up. Like, I think it's like oh, a yeah, it's of, like it's like a, a, a rope kind of thing. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it was like amazing. That was the first time that you really saw a person with legs. Like they they edited those out. That was like the yeah. first time they really used computer graphics. I mean, they did some. You know, they used the same technology in the uh, 1994 Weezer video for Buddy Holly. I did not know that. Where they show it's obviously Happy Days set, yeah. and they like they um, kind of digitally um, oh, super, like superimpose the Weezer guys into yeah. Happy Days episodes. Interesting. It's the exact same technology because the movie came out at the same time. That's very interesting. So there you go. So that, there you go. So that's, that's your that's that ends the movie special effects segment of the yeah, podcast. I would say that we uh, agreed that the most rewatchable scene is clearly him getting beat up by those rednecks. So yeah, anyway, good that, movie for uh, us. Though. <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah, Tom Hanks deserved the Oscar. Follow us next week for uh, the second most rewatchable scene of Forrest Gump, <laughs> which is uh, Sally Field having sex with the principal. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> That's the best one. Yeah, we're just so basically we're just going to go around stealing bits and seeing what we can go, come up with. That's true. Maybe next week we'll think of the thing that we can't let go from the previous week of uh, news and politics. There you go. Perfect. All right, so very good. Thanks for uh, joining us for week one of the 2019 House of the Rising Sum We're back. Season. We are back. Until we're, we're not. But so, no, we'll be back. This, yeah, this is no. like legit. Last thing. year we did like one podcast. I captured the first four weeks, and it was too much. It was too big, and yeah. we never got back to it, and we yeah. had small children. That's now right. our children are one year older, and we care less about them. That's exactly And right. hopefully they have like a good bedtime routine at this point, and we can sit in the Volkswagen Studios on Horncastle Place in the Pine Run Podcast Network and uh, deliver you this amazing and insightful content this very this content i mean you know amazing and insightful well, yeah we can just call it content it's it's certainly something to listen to that's true don't crash your car people right. yeah good luck <laughs> to you all right have a great week everyone and uh best of luck betting in week two adios